Hello and welcome to another episode of Designer Under Influence, a podcast by ArcIT, the company that solves technology and IT for architecture companies so our customers can do their best work. This podcast is all about educating um, architects, design, and engineers on the use of technology, best practices, and some of the discussions around um, you know how to run your business better. Um, some guests and uh, today. Um, we are going live on LinkedIn. Um, we're going to give you uh, this session um, with questions coming from the audience. And the topic we are discussing is cloud storage solutions versus on-premise or local storage solutions. We're covering things like uh, benefits and limitations of, of, of on, both on-premise and cloud and some of our recommendations on the cybersecurity side of things for both of these uh, solutions. We're also talking about how to integrate cloud storage with your design tools. There's a lot of recommendations Boris puts out, uh, my co-host Boris puts out in, 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 in this regard and um, um, talking about service costs versus um, benefits of cloud. And finally, we're sort of wrapping this up with how to map your cloud workflows um, uh, for your organization, how to build a knowledge base and document processes. There's very actionable advice. This whole um, cast, I guess, uh, or, or event or, or podcast is full of actionable advice. So um, hopefully you guys like it. If you have any questions, uh, do uh, check us out at getarchit.com. But uh, without further ado, let's get into the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you kindly for taking your time to join our LinkedIn event. Me, Alex, him, Boris, will talk about cloud storage solutions for architects and engineering companies as well and design companies. That all comes together. Um, we are from a company called ArcIT. What we do is we help with IT, we solve IT, so our customers can focus on doing their best work. Cloud storage and or storage in general is a pretty big topic in the space because what? Well, because the industry is using um, heavy files to um, create models, to build buildings and whatever, shopping malls, whatever it is that you do. Um, and for the heavy, heavy, heavy files, you require a lot of collaborators to come in, come out and do their additions, do their checks. And we're going to talk about um, the various ways cloud storage can help. Um, you know, a lot of people thinking about going into cloud, um, but it's not very clear because uh, there's some complications and limitations we're going to talk about um, today. And But there are also a lot of benefits. So we're going to cover those. We have clients in, in both on-premise uh, and continuously using on-premise file storage. And we have customers who migrated fully into cloud. So we can talk you through what that transition looked like and what some of the pluses and minuses and how to make that decision for your organization. Boris, say hello to the fine people of LinkedIn. Hi, everybody. Um, hi, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, this should be a fun, uh, fun topic to discuss. Um, I think a lot of people have questions about that, and we uh, hopefully can provide all the answers um, to all your questions. So I do want to encourage asking questions in our chat. Um, we'll get to those right away and try to answer them. This should be a discussion 
not necessarily a presentation by us. So get your questions ready. Although we do have lots of stuff that we, we are prepared for you. Lots of um, validations on one way or another um, and some of the advice and some of the recommendations. So a little bit of housekeeping, as Boris said, please. Again, my name is Alex. His name is Boris. But please feel free to send us a question as soon as the question comes up. Um, Nancy, our beautiful marketing manager slash um, superwoman, is sending us, copying those questions, sending us in Teams. So if you see, if, if you hear like a chat pop up, it's not like I'm playing games or, 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 or uh, I'm chatting with, 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 with other people. It's Nancy basically getting us uh, your questions so we can answer them live on the air. So we'll, um, as we go through the pre uh, presentation discussion, we'll be answering questions live. All righty, let's jump jump right into it. Uh, it's 10.32. I think folks who are on are on, and let's do this thing. So let's uh, open up this topic by, um, um, by talking about the, 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 two major, um, the two major ways files are stored. Since, you know, um, 1960s, 70s, computers came about, and things have changed. In the past, you know, it's file cabinets and drawings and whatnot. Now it's different. So Boris, on-premise is more a traditional way to store files. A lot of people still use it. There's a lot of benefits to on-premise. And cloud is, is, something, um, is something that is more recent invention. And it works really, really well when it works. But there's a lot of different things that need to come together in order for that solution to be beneficial to organizations. So let's just break down on-premise versus cloud. Give us some benefits and limitations of each. So um, as you mentioned, on-premise is the technology that has been around um, for a long time. And it means your file server that you have stored in, in your server room, hopefully, uh, or it's a NAS device that basically kind of a more recent um, incarnation of the file server where it's a simple, uh, easy to set up, easy to use device and fairly low, um, not as expensive as a full file server. Um, and these are kind of the two solutions that we find in most architecture firms. Obviously, if you're a larger firm, you'll have more servers, not just the file server, and you have bigger server rooms. But, um, you know, having access to your files locally or on-premise is what the solution boils down to. So from that server, you share a folder or share various folders, and then you can access those folders from your computers. Multiple people can access those folders at the same time. They can work on various files. Um, and I think the biggest advantage there is natively the Windows file server or a NAS device using um, SMB um, basically has file locking, uh, which is important for many applications that architects use specifically AutoCAD. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what are some of the limitations um, of the on-premise uh, having a server in your closet? So as we've discovered in, you know, early 2020, when everybody had to go home and nobody could come into the office, it wasn't as easy to access those files once you're no longer in the office. So the limitation the biggest limitation is the fact that you have to have additional remote access mechanisms to be able to access your files uh, from your home or another remote location to work remotely. 
Okay, so uh, remote, remote access is the challenge. Anything else on uh, on-premise? How about the maintenance of its, the hardware itself? How the fail rate of the hardware as compared to, let's say, a fail rate of cloud? Because cloud also has issues. Like Amazon is having um, having issues. You know, things are down all over the place. Yeah, when Amazon has those issues, things can go down. But um, you know, if we're taking kind of the overall risk factors, um, definitely the on-premise infra- infrastructure has more risk. Well, so first things first. I mean. Have storing your files on premise doesn't just mean that you buy an ass box and you put it in the corner somewhere and you connect it to the internet and everybody walks by it and trips over it, right? You need to have, um, you know, a dedicated room or at least a dedicated kind of cage to make sure that you're putting your on-premise infrastructure um, in a safe place where, you know, it's protected from, let's say, fire sprinklers or it's protected from people accidentally knocking it down or unplugging it. Um, secondly, you need to make sure that it's a nice, cool place so that um, your device doesn't overheat and doesn't run into problems with performance or dies altogether. So those are the things, those are all the things that you need to think about. Also putting that device on an uninterruptible power supply uh, to make sure that if the power goes out, um, the device doesn't just die right? And then it can come back up. So there needs to be a graceful shutdown of those devices. And that can only be uh, provided by an uninterruptible power supply. So you need to put additional infrastructure in place to just host your files on-premise. Right. So it's not all very as simple as as, as throwing a, a server right. in, and, in a closet. Yeah. There's also an added risk of, um, there's an added risk if your office, um, you know, has a fire or something like that, right? Um, if you're not backing up your files to various different locations, like either a cloud or offsite, taking taking the backups home, then basically you can lose all of your files right then and there. So the advantage of cloud over this is that the files are not stored in any uh, kind of physical location under your control. They're stored in a data center that has all those mechanisms already in place to prevent like power outages to prevent um, fires, to prevent other damage that can that can happen. So it provides you with additional business continuity and disaster recovery mechanisms once you're in the cloud. Gotcha. So, what about the cloud? Let's 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 isolate the cloud storage and talk about some of the benefits and limitations of 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 that solution. So, um, as we know, there are multiple cloud storage providers out there. And this could be something as simple as your Google Drive in your Google Workspace platform or a Microsoft uh, OneDrive in a Microsoft platform to something more advanced, uh, specific kind of specific platforms for architecture tools. Mm -hmm. For example, Autodesk has their own um, cloud called, it used to be called the BIM 360. I think they're now their new product is called Autodesk Construction Cloud, but the premise is the same. This is a cloud solution specifically uh, for uh, for architects. So, okay. and specifically for people that use the Auto, Autodesk software. So um, I guess to, the, to differentiate between the two, a lot of people think initially that they can just utilize the regular kind of cloud, Google Cloud or the Microsoft Cloud or Dropbox 
um, and use it with um, their architecture tools effectively. But the drawback here is while you're small and you kind of have one person dedicated to one project, it, it's fairly easy um, to use some of those sharing platforms. As you grow bigger, um, as you grow bigger, it becomes much more difficult because if multiple, multiple people are involved in a project, you cannot use those tools. Uh, we cannot use those tools to effectively collaborate, whether in Revit, AutoCAD, or ARCHICAD, or Vectorworks. Um, gotcha. What about, um, and by the way, guys, if you, uh, those of you who are watching, please uh, feel free to have any questions at any point of this presentation of this conversation Boris and I are having. Um, I want to touch on cybersecurity. It's been, it's been a, uh, quite a significant, um, one of the newest threats, latest threats um, that are growing in, in its vastness. Uh, to any business, uh, but architecture and engineering companies where have a lot of collaborators on projects, that's even um, a lot more significant. And um, with how valuable those files are, um, the work can come to a halt if it gets encrypted. All that stuff is, is, pretty, is pretty terrifying. Um, but so, so cybersecurity implications for, for on-premise versus cloud. I want to know, it's like, is there a blanket statement? One is safer than the other. Or if, if not, can you elaborate? Uh, sure, Alex. Just give me one second. I think I have some noise going outside of my studio. I want to make sure that I take care of that real quick. Uh, that's kind of happens when you live broadcast. So give me just one sec. All right. Um, he probably has chickens uh, and a coop. Somebody didn't close the coop. And so the chickens are out there. Is that the chicken coop? Uh, I don't know what it was. Like some people doing some construction uh, right next door, I believe. I thought it was a chicken coop. Anyway, cybersecurity, let's hit that. So cybersecurity-wise, um, the, the on-premise infrastructure, if we don't need to provide remote access, may be a little more secure than the cloud infrastructure. And But as soon as you enable on-premise infrastructure for remote access, then the security challenges are almost the same. You need to make sure that those only those people who have access to your files, um, you know, continue to have access, right? And that the bad guys can't use those same same mechanisms that you're using for remote access um, can get in that same way and corrupt all your files, encrypt them, and then get you get you to pay them the ransom. So this. Sorry. No, let me just, let me just, let me summarize this. So if I'm the office where everybody comes to, to the office hundred percent of the time and there is no remote access, then potentially cloud can be safer. Although there's something to be said about individuals having access, you know, carrying around, carrying around that stuff in their computers, that's all different. But like in general, you say that could be safer, but who does that? Like who, who, who's locking things now and who's coming to the office every day? Um, you know, if you guys are out, out there on a, on a stream, let us know if you have 100% in-office attendance um, and you feel safe about your, your, your file server. But yeah, so, so as soon as remote access is open, that's when you, you know, open up the risk. Is that correct? That's correct. That's correct. So, you know, best practices needs to be observed, whether you use an on-premise files, whether you're using cloud files, you know, strong passwords, Two-factor authentication is a must nowadays. I mean, absolutely. 
making sure that your remote access is protected with two-factor authentication, whether you're using VPN or remote access gateway to remote back into your machines, those services need to have two-factor authentication on it. And then if you're storing files in the cloud, if you're in Microsoft's or Google's or Dropbox uh, cloud, you need to have two-factor authentication on that too. And if you're in, you know, same same goes for Autodesk and Archicad as well. Gotcha. There's a question here um, from Brian. Brian, thank you. Um, question is, are what we're discussing is a hybrid model of local servers that are backed up on the cloud? Well, that would be, I mean, that would be the, I guess, optimal um, state. So if you must have data on-premise, uh, you want to make sure that you have backups that are local so that they're easily recoverable, but also that a copy of a backup is then backed up to a cloud, right? So some sort of storage, uh, some sort of storage solution that um, can accept the copy of your backups in the cloud, or at the very least, um, as we used to do in the old days, um, I don't recommend doing this right now because it's hard to manage, but you back up to an external drive and then take that drive offsite um, to a storage location or to your home, which also not recommended. But I mean, people still do that and it's better than not having offsite backups at all. So um, that's kind of to point out, I think to point out um, may not be necessarily what Brian is asking. Uh, so in general, Brian, what we're talking about here is uh, one versus the other, local storage versus um, the cloud storage. So either fully local or in the sense of cloud, uh, fully cloud. But I know um, most, uh, most companies may be running some sort of hybrid as well. But in this sense, cloud storage is not just used for backup, but for actual file access too. Can we, uh, before we go to Peter's question, can we, by the way, Peter, hi. Um, can we elaborate this a little bit on, on, on a hybrid? Because uh, I don't have it in my notes. We never really, uh, yeah, we should, we, should, we should elaborate. Why don't you kind of talk us through the hybrid? So a hybrid scenario is where some files reside on a local file server, and then some files reside in the cloud. They're both equally accessible, um, but because of some software limitations, for example, you may still need to run um, a local file server. For example, if you're not in Autodesk Collaborate Pro or BIM 360, then you use your Revit work sharing on the local file server, but then you store your other files like accounting, marketing um, in the cloud on SharePoint or on Google's platform, for example. Mm. And the marketing department accesses that, but everybody who's on the project side accesses the local file server. Gotcha, thank you. Um, and if you guys have, uh, Brian, if you have a follow-up question, please free, free to drop it in. But we're gonna go to Peter's question. He's always throwing us a zinger, right? Mac versus PC, it's the, it's the topic. So uh, Peter says, is there any consideration for platform Mac OS versus Windows, et cetera, in setting up local storage solution? For example, do Macs connect differently, better or worse than PCs might? Good question. Uh, so there are definitely, um... I guess both of these platforms have enhanced file connectivity protocols that they use natively. For example, Mac, um, when it connects to local storage or connects to like a Mac server, which used to be a thing, and now they're kind of slowly decommissioning that, 
um, use um, native Mac protocols to do that, but, um, or native Unix protocols, I should say. But uh, both of these solutions support SMB, which is the standard, uh, which is the standard protocol uh, for file sharing. And so the experience should be very similar on both. Cool, thank you. Um, all right, let's 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 go into the second part of our. We have three parts. Uh, second part of our discussion, and that is integrating the cloud storage with the design tools, specifically the heavy the heavy stuff. Um, let's talk about service costs. Let's talk about um, now for firms looking. I think a lot of firms are looking to move into, into cloud. We don't we don't always recommend that as a like definitive way forward. So by the way, we, we're not on that in that camp necessarily. A lot of times it makes sense, sometimes it don't. So can we talk through that a little bit? Well, I think the main consideration for a lot of firms um, in terms of going to cloud is cost. And this is cost associated with the solution itself. It's also cost uh, that may be associated with the change, right? And I think those are the biggest costs is, you know, figuring out, um, how to how to get the solution and make sure that everybody adopts it and then there's you know a cost of well we need to train our people and make sure that they're as efficient as they could be uh, because they were efficient before we need to make sure this new solution they're also as you know efficient at it so i think those are kind of all the things that we need to consider when considering either moving to the cloud or you know going in a hybrid mo model or you know um, kind of augmenting local storage with cloud um, the, again, the biggest thing here, especially for those, um, well, for any firm, I think, um, is how to do work sharing of their BIM models, right? Because, you know, it's hard to do it um, on just, or it's almost impossible to do it with just the regular, um, you know, Google or Microsoft. So you have to go you know, we'll take Autodesk in this example, um, you will have to go to BIM 360 to make sure that you have seamless cloud work sharing of Revit models. Um, and the cost for that is, is fairly substantial. I mean, it costs, depending on the size of the firm and how many licenses you get, but, you know, on average about hundred bucks per person per month. So if you're a 50 person firm, hmm. I mean, it's five grand every month or sorry, is it? <laughs> yeah, it's five grand every month yeah. that you're um, that you're putting into this licensing, um, where the math will show that even with all those things that we're talking about, about you know keeping the local server and so on, making sure that it's cooled, making sure you have power to it, making sure it's managed and maintained properly, it may still be cheaper uh, to keep the local server at that sense. Mm that's only if you take that financial benefit right but you know as you take additional benefits in terms of um, better remote access better disaster recovery and business continuity then it starts making more sense uh, but if you just take the kind of financial perspective um, it may not make sense are there any operational like obvious operational gains from um going like beam 360 uh, uh storage versus keeping it on your server uh for the revit files it depends what other functionality of Autodesk Construction Cloud slash BIM360 you use. Uh, I think in this kind of scenario, we're just talking about Revit work sharing. So there might not be a lot of additional benefit. I mean, but one of the biggest ones is collaborating with your consultants, right? So mm -hmm. you can have the model up there. You can invite your consultants in 
um, to either download the model and work. If they have a license, they can do real-time collaboration with you. If they don't have a license, they can download the model and re-upload it back to, um, to that cloud storage so you can have the most up-to-date model. You can also do stuff like clash detection right then and there. Uh, but And so there's a lot of additional um, kind of tools and workflow benefits that can be derived. Um, obviously, Autodesk probably charges you for, for a lot of those in addition to just the base license, but those capabilities are there. Did you see the size of the booth uh, in AIA conference in Chicago? Uh, the the, the build-out that Autodesk did at the at the trade show floor? Um, yeah, that was, guys... that was huge. <laughs> If you guys attended, you would uh, you would see how big that is. Just an incredible, just incredible presentation, uh, incredible setup, and so you know, license revenue is good. Um, so keep that in mind. It's 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 costly, yet there are some advantages. You need to know what those are. Have you actually have you met a company that regretted going to cloud? Like, um, have done no. it. Well, no, actually I mean, successfully implemented, but regretted. So if you talk about successfully implemented, then no. You know, I think training goes a long way and making sure people adapt it properly, right? Um, and that needs to be, all of that needs to be part of implementation. We can't just say, all right, let's just go and then see if people like it, right? It has to be a planned out process that probably takes a couple of years, depending on the size of your company, yeah. kind of slowly uh, move things in there. Like our first, when we, we when we get asked this question by, by our customers, our first response is, Look, we know it works, but your team needs to know that it works. So, you know, we do like a couple of pilot projects. We encourage them. Like we wouldn't even engage in the project unless we set up a pilot uh, project of some, some, some sort and encourage them to start their new projects um, on the new system and see how it actually works. And <clears throat> we can work with Autodesk to get, you know, trial licenses. I think they can be lenient in getting up to 100 days of trials. But um, you know, just but um, just getting um, you know getting your feet wet and kind of running projects on the new platform is the first step. We can't just start moving files up there without people actually buying it. Mm, very good. So you pilot it, we pilot it with them, and uh, they get a sense of how it works, get feedback from the users, and that way you can make a like intelligent decision. Um, well as good of a decision as you can make, given that you've already done some work on it. Okay, so what is your recommendation uh, integrating cloud storage with the design tools? Like what's what's the ultimate how-to? Um, if you're using Autodesk products, you need to be looking at the BIM 360 platform. And I know Brian just made a comment about, um, you know, Collaborate Pro not being approved for government work. Um, that that could be true. I think there's always, um, I think all of these cloud platforms, especially the ones that are fairly new, uh, have to go through some growing pains and certification in terms of you know ISO standards and other security standards that are compliant with the government. Um, but eventually, it'll it'll be there, right? Um, and then, um, what was my question? Oh yeah, so Autodesk. Um, Autodesk, right? Stay, stay with us, my friend. Live, stay with live, us, man. Slide. Um, so, Autodesk, uh, you know, you have to seriously consider BIM 360 because you will not be able to use Revit work sharing. I mean, there's other providers um, that are 
Um, there's other providers that are offering um, Revit work sharing in a cloud, like Ignite used to have it, but they've actually nixed the product since because it doesn't work um, that well. Um, there's other systems that are hybrid, right? So you have a cloud kind of cloud mothership for storage, um, kind of like Panzura or maybe even Moro Data as another competitor to Panzura, where you have the cloud storage and then you have local appliances in your offices that synchronize that data back down so that it's much easier to access. So you kind of have that hybrid of on-premise and cloud. Um, so people who are remote can actually access the cloud portion of it as well. You can put like a filer in a service like AWS or Microsoft Azure so that people use it that way. Um, so that's an option as well. But I think the, the native option of uh, BIM 360 for Autodesk and then um, you know, for Archicad, it's um, BIM Cloud or Teamwork. I think they rebranded that now. Um, those would be the kind of the ultimate recommended solutions down the line. Gotcha. Let me read you a couple of questions. Let's 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 sure. get serious about uh, Brian's question. So, BIM three hundred and sixty BIM. His question is: BIM three hundred and sixty slash BIM Collaborate Pro and Outproof for government work, and also have a number of security issues in terms of operating on client slash partner hubs where your permission can be revoked at any time, more of a general statement. So I guess that's a statement is that, have you seen that impact? Uh, yeah, I mean, that could be a concern, but as I mentioned, um, I, I know that Autodesk is working towards getting um, all the certifications and make sure they're approved um, for, as a government, uh, I guess as a government provider. And at least my conversations with Autodesk reps and other Autodesk resellers, uh, that is the case. So we'll follow up on that and just see where that's at. All right, Peter's question. Our studio is using Archicad, which is its own teamwork structure on uh, for collaborative project work and utilizes either a locally hosted server or a subscription server as a service, which is remote. So separate from a cloud or NAS slash local system, are you familiar with Archicad's system and do you have any thoughts on what server solution is better? Very specific question. Very good. Love it. Okay. Yes. Uh, so in terms of familiarity, uh, yes, we are familiar. And um, in terms of what we're talking about, integrating the, with your design tools, um, that's exactly was my point is if you're using Archicad, you want to use BIM Cloud slash Teamwork, um, preferably. So if you don't want to host it on-premise, right? If you don't have all your other files on-premise, then you'd want to get the license from the Archicad or Graphisoft um, to their hosted cloud version and utilize it that way. And then uh, what uh, the firms we work with are doing is, so that only allows you to host the project file uh, or model file. So you need to augment that with a solution like Google Drive or uh, Microsoft OneDrive to store all the other files um, in a cloud if you want to go completely serverless. Um, if you want to go on-premise, then you need to use a more robust device, I think, to host the BIM cloud infrastructure. So just to kind of send, just a NAS um, system would not work. You'd need you know, a full-fledged Windows server with all the licensing, um, which can cost you, which can cost you some money to implement. Mm. Um, yeah, Peter, if you have a follow-up question, feel free to drop it in there. Uh, question from Norma. Um, 
Thank you, Norma. I'm a freelancer. I'm reading the question. I'm a, I'm a freelancer offering technical design services in Revit. I have done the work um, doing a Dropbox back forth. Yuck. <laughs> I've also done VPN, uh, though not Revit, not for Revit. I just keep my own BIM 360 Collaborate Pro license. It's, uh, it is a cost, $120 a month or so for a single seat, but worth it. Just part of the cost of doing business. Yeah, so I guess that's just a comment. I think Norma is following up with that she loves it. It gives her quick access, um, powerful access to client Revit models and real-time collaboration. Uh, and yeah, and that's what we're kind of talking about. Thank you, Norma, uh, for that comment. Um, it makes work, especially with consultants, uh, more efficient on the BIM 360 platform. If you're talking Autodesk, same thing for Archicad and Teamwork makes works, uh, makes your work with consultant and collaboration with consultants um, more efficient. Yeah, so Norma just adds it. Uh, I love it. Uh, it gives me quick, efficient, and powerful access to my clients' Revit models and allows us real-time collaboration uh, all at the same time. It also allows me to work with firms that are over the country in the virtual world, all over the country. Sorry. I've been doing this since 2019. I highly recommend it. Thank you, Norma. Appreciate that. Um, okay, moving into the next um, next section of our conversation, last section, but uh, probably key, well, very important, mapping workflows. Okay, so um, let's talk about synchronizing um, mapping workflows for cloud for those who are moving or have moved into cloud. Um, I think that's what we meant here. Um, so can you talk a little bit about synchronization, setting up projects, some of the challenges and limitations or some of the advantages maybe? Well, um, I think... You know, people are so used to setting up projects in local storage where you basically have like a template file um, that you need to go. You can just go in, copy that file on your server, um, change the file, change change the name of the folder, and you're basically good to go. I think um, it's a little more advanced. There's some additional steps that you have to do um, in the cloud environment, um, especially if you're, um, for example. If you're in BIM 360 Collaborate Pro, I mean, you can still set up, actually they have a feature where you can set up project templates and kind of copy those um, through your work. So your workflow becomes more efficient, um, but you basically need to have a person that goes in there and creates a project. And then, you know, if you're only storing the models in BIM 360, then you need to have, you know, that person also set up projects either on your local storage, if you're, um, if you're in the hybrid, kind of environment or in your um, Google or OneDrive or Dropbox as well. And then kind of making sure that people know where to go, that, you know, models live here and then the other project files live here is part of kind of adjusting uh, your workflow as well. Okay. Um, so let's talk about process documentation. Um, you said the cloud migrations can take, you know, uh, a fair amount of time up to two years, sometimes maybe. Um, how important is documenting processes and how, because we, yeah, we know it's, 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 it's significant. It's very, very important to make sure like people know how work is done in your organization and there's a knowledge base, but you had a specific recommendation you've seen companies implement successfully um, on documenting processes, what would that look like? Well, it's other companies implementing and it's us implementing it ourselves as well, right? So eating your own dog food, <laughs> as they say. Um, so I think, so 
our recommendation of documenting any new process, um, but especially process that may deal with technology, um, is you have a person go through the process and there's free tools that can help you record your screen. So you go through the process and record the screen, um, make sure that, you know, you can, I guess if you do something wrong, you can, all of that is on the recording so that when you put together the documentation from that recording, you can actually outline those things as well. Hey, don't click here because this is wrong um, and so on. So once you have that video, you would then have a person go through, uh, whoever created the video or it could be somebody else, kind of go through the video and make sure they understand uh, what the video is showing. And then they put together a step-by-step -step set of instructions with screenshots from the video. Um, so basically in the end, we have a knowledge-based article that kind of walks us through the process step-by-step. -step. It has all the screenshots in there. And then we have a video as part of that too, and it's linked in that knowledge base article as well. So anybody who needs to do that process the next time can kind of have multiple ways of learning the process because some people are better at just following directions. Some people need to view it on the screen in the form of a video. Um, so this kind of covers both of those and makes it easier to adopt the process. Love it. What are, do you store it and how do you organize it? Um, so if you're using a service Again, Microsoft or Google or Slack, for example, it depends, I guess, it depends what your tool set is. But for us, we're using Microsoft Teams and we're a Microsoft shop, <clears throat> excuse me. So we are storing all of this within Microsoft Teams. We have a specific channel for um, training and knowledge bases and we're um, storing all of those um, in there. And then it also, there's a link that links it into our client management system. Um, so for each client, we basically add those links in to make sure that our, you know, there's knowledge-based articles that are associated with those customers and they're linked back to Microsoft Teams. Hmm. So that could be kind of similar for an architect where projects, projects have individual knowledge-based articles. Does it make sense in that sense? One more time. So, because in our case, our clients have individualized knowledge base articles based on the environments and whatnot, like for architects, would it make sense for each project to have its own knowledge base? So it doesn't, it's not that, it's not necessary at that level. I don't think it's that necessary because we're talking about company processes, it, right? Yeah. So basically it's each, I guess, each section or each department should have their own um, kind of process database or their own process notebook uh, where all these things come in. Gotcha. All right, P Peter had a question. Uh, are you going to get in into comparing uh, cloud storage solutions? Seems like the basic premise is similar across Dropbox, Google Drive, OneDrive, SharePoint, but the implementation, particularly how files um, are accessed uh, differs. I like to have files synced locally on my Mac and the way uh, OneDrive manages that is perhaps typically Microsoft is a little clunky and complicated. Well, nothing is going to be, no cloud solution is going to be better for a Mac than iCloud. Unfortunately, iCloud is not a fully business platform. Um, so I think in general, right, as Peter, you've pointed out, Dropbox, Google Drive, OneDrive, we can throw Box in the mix, um, share file. 
all of these solutions have very similar capabilities and it's a matter of preference and how you like the user interface um, that changes. But, um, you know, OneDrive, although it may seem clunky, may work better than a lot of other ones on the Mac just because of how it integrates into a Finder and it's not, you know, it's not a separate drive. Some people may like a separate drive like Google's where it's a G drive all the time and that's how that integrates. So, you know, it all depends on preference. In general, though, all these services offer very similar functionalities where you can sync your files down to your computer. You can collaborate in real time with your colleagues, especially, um, you know, if you're in Microsoft and you use a Microsoft Office, you can do that real time. If you're in Google and you're using, you know, Google Sheets or Google Docs, very similar workflow there. Um, and then at the same time, they, if you're syncing down, that will not offer file locking for any of your architecture programs. So you cannot open AutoCAD file on two computers. Well, actually, you can't open AutoCAD file on two computers because they've sunk down, make changes to it. And then as they sync back up, one of them is going to overwrite the other. So the other changes will, will get lost. So there's something to be said about using those with your architecture tools. But outside of that, I mean, they all have very similar um, similar properties. All right. Thank you. All right, guys, if you have any last minute questions, we're uh, going to wrap up in about two minutes here, three minutes. Uh, if there's a question, we could stay for a little bit longer, but other than that, um, we really appreciate you guys jumping on and listening. If you have questions that come up afterwards um, or you're watching a recording, get in touch with us and with your specific question, we're happy to help. Uh, we're getarchit.com. Um, just go contact us and um, you know, drop a line. So outside of that, we're you know, on Facebook and on Instagram as well. Hit us up there. Um, you know, outside of more questions coming, we could just say that um, if if any again, if any other, um, I'm just sorry. I'm just kind of looking, to make sure there are no questions, and I'm not um, disappointing people by disconnecting while there's a question. Uh, in the process being asked. Okay, so I think we're good. Um, I think we can call this a day. Uh, Boris, any last minute uh, parting wisdom to be shared? Well, I think every firm should, if they haven't already considered cloud or are not currently in, you know, in a hybrid environment, should start looking at cloud as that is um, the solution that is going to move us forward, right? I mean, it's basically the 21st century uh, versus... Um, versus the, you know, the server, which is the 20th century. So looking into those things and kind of start thinking about it, not necessarily going there right away, um, with, is something that everybody should do. All right, Boris. I saw you peeking at questions. We agreed pre-recording, pre you're not going to do that. You got to stay, <laughs> stay with the audience and be looking at the questions. Peter asked if I'm a bow hunter. No, Peter, I'm not a bow hunter. I'm a bow hunter pretender. <laughs> and on that note... <laughs> we want to wish you guys a fantastic rest of the week. Thank you very much for watching. Much love from Arc IT. If you need help with IT, you know who to call. Be well, stay well. See you next time. See you, everyone. Have a great rest of your week.